It is January 24th, 2020. This is episode 10 of the No BS Winners podcast. I'm Brian Benito with my partner, Scott Johnson. Scott, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We'll get into uh, yesterday's recap and today's uh, process. Can you give us, uh, how, how do they find us on social media? They can reach me on my Twitter page at Sports. They can go to the podcast Twitter page at No BS Winners. They can also go to my Instagram page, Scojo Picks. And if you don't have social media, you can send us an email at nobswinners at gmail.com. And we are asking everybody to please go to our YouTube uh, channel, no, Winner, no BS Winners Podcast, and please subscribe there. We're trying to get up to about 1,000 subscribers. We'd appreciate that. Right. And if you do, if you do uh, follow us at No BS Winners and go subscribe to the podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, No BS Winners Podcast, and go back to the pinned tweet at No BS Winners and just say subscribe to both. I'm in. You'll be automatically added to the contest that we will be starting. We'll pick a winner on February 2nd. That's Super Bowl Sunday. And we will begin the contest on February 3rd. That'll be a Monday. Uh, you can find me at my underscore bankroll on Twitter. DMs are open. Um, get a lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of direct messages, and I certainly appreciate that. Looking to help you guys uh, win more consistently, win more often, win more money. Okay, let's get started. Give us a recap. How, how'd, your, uh, how'd your day go yesterday, Scott? It went okay. I, I broke just about even. I think I might have even lost a little bit of juice. Um, you know, I, I started off in the – you know, the early games pretty well, but uh, we were on day three of the nine bet challenge. And I know we were talking about what game we wanted to go with. So I I was looking at four games. I think you were looking at a couple of games too. Um, I was looking at William and Mary. That was one of the games I was thinking about. Uh, Wisconsin green Bay was another game I was thinking about for the nine bet challenge, Michigan state and Washington. And I, I looked over those games. I know you had a game. You like Detroit mercy. Uh, we talked about that. Right, right. So um, Wisconsin Green Bay, they covered. They won. That was a win for me. Mercy, uh, William and Mary, they covered. That was a win for me. And Detroit Mercy won for you and covered for you. That was a win for you. But did we pick any of those games for the 9 bet challenge? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we didn't. We I had Washington. Uh, we had Washington at a pick. And it, you know, it, the game went exactly like I thought it was going to go. It, it really did. I thought Washington would, it would be a tight game early on. And I figured Washington would you know, have about a six, 10, six to 10 point lead in that game, which they did pretty much the they whole did. game. Yeah, they did. They yeah. held it the whole game, except. Yeah, yeah they were leading by nine with about a minute 57 to go. And that is the third game this year that they've had at least an eight point lead with under two minutes to go and have blown the game. Uh, the other two went into overtime, and this one they lost. They gave up a three late in the game, and then you know, the, without their point guard in the in there to help them on the offense in, in a late game situation, they're they're just struggling to find. You know, they needed to get the ball down to Stewart and let him go to work. That dude's a beast down low, but you know, Utah was doubling and tripling him, and they had a couple open looks, but they didn't take them. And then they you know tried to drive to the basket late and got an offensive foul and that was the end of the game. So they ended up losing 67, 66. So 
that stinks that we got beat there. But, uh, you know, the rest of the night w- went okay. Uh, like I said, I, I broke about even, so I think I lost a little bit of juice. You know, not not the greatest night. You know, I had a really good day yesterday and or, or the day before, and, and, you know, yesterday was just about even. So uh, on to Friday. Right, right. And, you know, that that's what happens. Uh, what what's kind of sticks out with that team, thinking they were nine points up with two minutes left, essentially, um, you know, they just can't close out games on the road, essentially. And so uh, if, if you said – I'm not familiar with, the, with, with how they lost earlier in the season in those overtime games, but it's a culture now. It's, it's kind of uh, habitual. They just can't close out a game. You have you, you got nine-point lead with, with uh, two minutes left. That game is in the bag unless you got, you know, situational issues with your team, probably with your coaching staff. Just kind of – they're just not there mentally because that's a mental thing there because they were leading the whole game. They were just dominating. They really were dominating. Um, yeah. So that's a loss, and we lose that streak. Streak goes down. My, my own night was a little uneven, and that happens too. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. A couple of misreads, and, you know, I just move on, man, and that's all you got to do. You just – you play it. You move on, and I'm certain that today and the weekend will become profitable days and uh, get back on the winning track. Um, oh, going to the betting one-on-one section. What do you have for us today, Scott? And before we go into that betting one-on-one, I just got an alert on my phone that said Antonio Brown just turned himself in. So I don't know what <laughs> happened to I don't know what happened to that guy, man. I, that guy's a he's just on clown uh, detail right now. I don't know what he's doing. But he, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been going downhill ever since the season started. So tough, tough to stop yeah. yourself when you got all that money and you can do anything you want and you're just out of control. So the first question we got um, comes from, you know, Boston Better 93. He's one of our followers and, you know, he talks to us a lot. And he was asking that he was he was noticing in college games that when he's playing an over, a lot of times the games are trending under in the first half and then they're cashing in the second half. And he's, you know, basically asking, is that is that a trend? Is that something that you watch? Is that something that he should be looking for? And, you know, my answer to that is, it, you know, it depends. It depends on, again, the handicap of the game. Uh, he, the other night, you know, he tailed me on the South Dakota State. And, you know, the first half was, you know, it was a low-scoring half. South Dakota State had about a 12-point lead. I think it was like 36-24. So it was trending under. And, you know, we were talking back and forth. And, you know, I did tell him, I said, hey, look, man, we got a whole half of basketball. We could get a close game, a bunch of free throws at the end of the game. You never know. And they end up scoring 95. But, you you know, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, sometimes the game's trending under, and that's just the way it's going to go. You know, last Saturday I was on the Auburn-Florida over at 139. I had that game handicapped at, like, in the mid-150s. And I knew in the first 10, you know, first five to ten minutes of that game that my bet was dead. You know, that that's just, that was a bad read on my part. You know, Florida played a slowdown game. You know, they're, they're a fast-paced team, but Auburn loves to run, and uh, the coach had a great game plan. They took Auburn out of that game. So, you know, that, that under had never had – or that over never had a chance. So it really just depends on what your handicap is. It's not something that you want to chase. It's not something – I mean, if you if you handicap the game and you think, okay, I'm going to play the over here, I know that they're going to, you know – I think this is going to be a tight first half, but I think it'll loosen up in the second half. You know, if that's what you think, you know, maybe don't jump on the over right away and, and look at what it is at halftime and maybe you can get a better, a better price. You know, that's, that's one, one option, but yeah, you, 
it, it depends on the your handicap and the flow of the game. So I wouldn't really chase that as a trend. I don't really think that's a trend, but you know, it's, it's something, you know, you, like I said, it's a handicap. You got to know what the handicap of the game is and what your numbers are. So, you know, like tonight we had Washington and the Utah game and both of us had it in the sixties. You had 62 for Utah. I had 67 for Washington. We had a 67, 62 game. It ends up 67, 66 Utah. So, I mean, we had the numbers, right. You know, probably the play on that game was the under, you know? (laughs) So, um, it just depends. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Brian, but I think it, it just depends. Yeah, and we, we did. We did have that. We did have the numbers right. We should have probably went with the total. In hindsight, you can do everything. Everything's perfect in hindsight, right? But Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're dealing with things in real time, and you make a, a judgment call, and you feel like the side is better than the total, and you play it. Sometimes you play both. Uh, sometimes you play neither. Bottom line is you got to have a process in place. Seven, second half overs, look, there's – there's four scores in a game, in a college game. There's eight. There's, there's four quarters in a, in a pro game. There's, there's two halves in a, in a college game. That means there's four scores. You know, a team's going to score less in one half and more in another half. You have to decide what's that's going to happen. Sometimes they score the same in both halves. Bottom line is this, though. It's up to your numbers. There is no – you know, if you have it handicapped at 70 – uh, for one team and 65 for the other, and one team scores 25 in the first half, you have to anticipate if, you're, if your handicapping is right, they're going to score 55 in the second half. So, um, oh, pardon me, 65 in the, uh, 45 in the second half. Let me get my math right. Um, and so that's why, you know, live betting can be beneficial in that circumstance. You don't necessarily have to wait for second half because if they're trending under and you feel dead sure that you're right, you live bet that, you're going to get a ton of value. And so those opportunities are there, but you know, to get that right, you kind of have to have first and second half pacing, right. Too. So that's another dimension of handicapping. We haven't talked about Exactly. Uh, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of layers you have to go through to become an efficient handicapper. So for that particular question, no, you can't just be that. That is uh, it, it, Hey, if it was that simple, everybody be, would be winning. And that's my take on that. So Boston better appreciate your question. Uh, appreciate your contribution, uh, but you got to just get better at reading things in order to take advantage of those types of situations like your, your 95 point second quarter you were talking about last week, Scott. Yeah. And, you know, two weeks ago, another great example of that is uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, two Saturdays ago. You know, I had that handy, that game handicapped at 64, uh, 64, 58 or something like that. And I, I was almost dead on the number, but in the first half, you know, the, the over under on that game was 128. The first half was 37-31. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trending over. So I looked at the second half uh, over under, and it was at 140 and a half. I pounded that because, again, like you were saying, process, trust your numbers, trust your handicap. I knew right. that both of those teams, both of those coaches, they are great at adjusting in the second half, taking away what the other team is doing. And I knew that that was going to be a low-scoring second half so I thought my under was still good at 128. I thought that bet was still alive. And I got it at 140 and a half. So I, I pounded it again at 140 and a half. It ends up going under the original total. And, you know, I was able to jump, you know, I was able to kind of, you know, protect my first bet with that second because I knew there was no way they were going over 140 and a half unless that game went into a couple overtimes. So again, you know, Boston better handicap, have your numbers and understand the flow. Absolutely. Next question. Uh, 
This comes from at Havoc 00134. So I don't think they, but it's at Havoc with a bunch of numbers behind it. But anyway, we appreciate the question, Havoc. Uh, how did you get into sports betting? When did you get serious about it? And how do you survive as a sports better? So there's kind of three questions in in there. So I'll let you go ahead and start, Brian. How did you get into sports betting? Yeah, let's take it one at a time, go back and forth on this. I think that would probably be best. Uh, well, listen, I was, I was doing football, NFL football parlays when I was 20, 21 years old, just out of the Army. And, you know, betting, betting pro football. Uh, a couple of years later, got turned on to college football. I had watched pro football when I was young. But, you know, it's just parlay time when I'm young, just trying to, you know, I'm 20, 21, 22 years old, trying to capture a big ticket. And I did many times, many big tickets. Um, and so I basically just parlayed, for the most part, into my uh, early 30s. And I, because even though I was sports betting, I, I had a I had a I liked uh, playing blackjack. And so I'm in Vegas 40 years. I grew up out there, went to high school out there, graduated there, went back there after I got out of the army. And I'm in Vegas for a long, long time. And so, you know, you just experimenting with everything. I was a young kid. Uh, I won't say I, I got hit with a gambling bug because I, I, you know, I don't have an addictive personality, but you like the challenge. You like the big score. You like the money that's on the other side of that. If you can, you know, maintain and do what you plan on doing which a lot of times you do not you take your ass beatings from time to time and you get them from time to time um but it all comes down to discipline it wasn't until really my early 40s that i really got real real serious about it and uh, again i go to a boiler room and that's kind of where i got my start um for that and it just kind of progressed I, i did a video on it and, you know, it just progressed. The business was great. It's a great business. It's a growing business. And it's a great opportunity if you have the, the kind of traits that, that, that lend to becoming a uh, disciplined person, someone who can read numbers, someone who can anticipate human behavior, someone who's been involved probably with competitive activity so you understand the ebb and flow of emotion. And so there's a lot of layers there that would, uh, you know, lend either you're, you're, you're somebody who can do it because even though I, I use numbers, it isn't always, it is numbers, it is numbers, but you gotta, you gotta know the other things in order to be able to get the trending up and down, uh, process, right. So that's kind of my take on how I got started. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been, like I said, from, I made my first bet, uh, ever when I was seven years old, my dad took me to Phoenix Greyhound Park. You know, I'm from Arizona, so we went to Phoenix Greyhound Park. I was seven years old. I was with my dad at the dog track, and I <laughs> and I gave him two bucks to bet on a dog named Cannonball. It was the number two dog. His name was Cannonball, <laughs> and that was the first bet I ever made. And I gave my dad the two bucks to go up there, and he bet him the show. It was a long shot, and he ended up finishing third. And the ticket paid like five dollars and twenty cents, and I think I was hooked ever since that point. But, um, you know, in high school, I was running, you know, uh, football pick'em pools with, you know, I played, you know, basketball, baseball, golf, and football in, in ninth grade through, you know, my senior year. So, you know, I was in the sporting world in high school, so there was no shortage of finding people to play a $5, you know, pick'em pool. And then I started playing, you know, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. So I've always been, like, into the statistics, into the sports. And then, you know, in my early 20s, I started, you know, betting on sports uh, with no rhyme or reason, with no, you know, uh, plan at all. It was just look at the board. I think I like that team. You know, there was no studying or anything. And, you know, I 
you know, did exactly how you think I would do if I walked in and just started picking off a board. Um, right. I, you know, I'd have one good day and five bad days. And, you know, and then I got in, uh, like I said, I, I ran uh, for a bookie in my early 20s and I saw how it all worked and how profitable it was on, on their end because there was a lot of people out there like me that just loved the action. You know, they were watching a game and they wanted to bet on it. You know, they didn't do any study and they just wanted action on the game. So, you know, that's how Vegas you know, no makes a killing is people just want action. They're going to go in there and bet on their team. Right. So and then I, you know, I, in my thirties, I, I worked, you know, I, I worked in corporate America and I worked two jobs. Most of the time I had a wife and a kid and, you know, that just got old. And my son was in, um, uh, in high school, he started playing basketball and that was about seven years ago. And that's when I put my Excel uh, program together. And I, I wanted to get serious about sports betting. So I started my, like I told you, Brian, I started my, my sports betting career with an Excel spreadsheet and, um, a $5,000 bankroll in Excel. And it was a fake bankroll. And I started studying and I started looking at it, football, you know, college football, NFL, college basketball. And I started to learn what I was good at. And, you know, college basketball immediately was like my, the first thing that I just, I understood pretty much right away. And I've just been refining that over, you know, the last seven years. And that's, you know, when did I get serious about it? About four years ago is when I got serious about it um, because I didn't want to work for anybody else anymore. I wanted to work for myself. I trusted myself. I, I, I know what my work ethic is, the time I'm going to put into it. And that's, you know, that's how I got into it. That's, that's what I do. I love it. Uh, this is my time of year. Like I said, January, February, March is where I make my money in college basketball. You know, I pretty much make my yearly salary in, you know, January, February and, and March. So I, right. I love it. Right. I, well, I got serious, uh, you know, after, after the boiler room, you know, I saw the potential of it. I had an affinity for it. I realized it was, uh, you know, sports betting and then, and then becoming a, a, a consultant to people uh, was my goal. And, it wasn't until, though, I started putting numbers to spreadsheets that I realized uh, that that was the answer. I couldn't win consistently without it because unless I had that process in place, I couldn't really dig into the numbers in a organized and systematic way. Now, of course, you still have bad reads. You still lose games because you're still learning. Uh, but the process of learning and getting better, you know, that'll be a lifetime process. Uh, bottom line, though, is you, it, once I had structure, um, once I had it in front of me, once I had numbers that I knew I can count on, and once I, you know, realized which numbers mattered most, which statistics mattered most for my equations, um, I was able to dig in, uh, find some success, and I, and I'm just building on it, you know, since then. That was a few years back. So, um, third part of that is, uh, how do you survive as a sports better? Once you go ahead and kick that one off. Yeah. Um... Surviving as a sports better is basically, you know, we've, we've talked about it, you know, since we've started this and it's, it's discipline and it's, it's knowing how to manage your bankroll. It's, you know, knowing when you can bump your bet, knowing when you need to back off, knowing when you need to hammer down, um, trusting what you do as a handicapper, trusting, you know, everything, you know, everything that you do, you know, you're working hard and, you know, as a sports better, you, you want to look for other sources of income. And this is going to kind of lead us into our next, you know, segment, Brian, and I'll let you take it after that is, you know, when you can pick winners, when you have a system that works, 
like the last three years in January, February, and March in college basketball, my percentage over those last three years is at 64.7%, which is phenomenal for sports handicapping. And I, you know, that's what this year I thought, you know, I'm making money, you know, on my own. I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, disciplined. I'm being organized and I can survive on that alone. But I thought, you know what, I could probably start a website. I think there's people out there that are willing to, you know, pay for my knowledge, pay for picks. Um, and that's a business that I want to start. You know, I, when I first started this, I went to handicappers. I paid for packages. I paid for season packages. I paid for daily cards. I paid for, you know, the 5% lock of the day I paid. And what I learned over that is, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's a hundred percent. Everybody's, you know, putting their best work in there and, and putting their best foot forward. And, you know, 5% locks don't hit all the time. People lose on their season pack. I mean, you sent me something, Brian, where it showed, you know, a lot of the handicappers lose people money over a long period of time if they're not, you know, serious about it. So that was the season. I showed you the season, only the season. People cost some of these handicappers, these listeners, they don't realize some of these handicappers that they read and follow every day cost real paying customers, not only their, their, their lost bets, uh, but, but they cost them, you know, the fees that they pay. Um, and you know, in, we're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars in a season, man. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and I want to be the guy that, um, you know, everything's going to be, you know, the thing that bothered me when I was, you know, going to handicappers and, and paying the money and I did it for knowledge, you know, I did it because I wanted to learn how good I was. So I was putting myself up against all these guys. So it, for me, it was, you know, part of my business. I was paying to see how these other guys are doing and how I'm doing against them. I would get their picks. I would look at it and go, okay, what are they seeing here? What am I seeing here? And what I realized is I was beating a lot of them in in college basketball, you know, not every sport, but in college basketball, I was beating them. And so I'm like, okay, look, my system is working. I'm just as good as these guys, if not better. So, you know, and I got tired of the little tricks where, you know, I'm, I'm tracking their whole season and I know that they're, you know, below 500, but they go on a little spurt there and they, you know, like an eight and one spurt. And then it's all over the website, you know, eight and one in my last nine, you know, and trying yeah, to, right. you know, it's, you know, your record, we say it all the time, your records, your record, you can either pick games or you can't pick games. I want to be a guy that people come to that I'm respectable. They know that I'm putting the, the work in They they know when they pay me the money that I am working hard for them to make them money. And that's, you know, how to survive as a sports better. That's, I'm going to, I'm always going to survive because I trust myself and I trust my system and I'm always going to survive on my own, but I also want to share my knowledge and I want to help other people. And I also want to make money doing, doing it. So that's, right, that's how I say right, it. Right, right. And I'll get to that in a second, but yeah, if you can win and you know, you offer stability, you offer a profit, to a potential client, you deserve to get paid. That is my take on that. We'll go into that in just a second. But uh, surviving as, as a sports better comes down to emotional discipline. Okay. If you don't have emotional discipline, you should not be betting because you're going to wind up losing. And, and that really is the key. You can, you can be poor at picking games, but if you have discipline, you can you know, you can, your, your losses will be minimized with that discipline. If you don't have discipline, if you lose your mind, like we were talking and laughing about yesterday, hunting down the Hawaii late game, nine o'clock at night, 
yep. and uh, on, on the uh, on the west coast and uh, midnight on the east coast. And so, you know, it, it just comes down to that. You got to know when to lay off. You got to know when to back off. You got to know when to not play. You got to know when you're off. And really, you will know if you're off, if you are using a structure, if you are uh, using a process, you'll know that, hey, listen, I'm a little out of sorts right now. My numbers aren't showing up properly. These games aren't turning out how I'm handicapping them. And you take a step back, and that's how you survive. If you aren't able to do that, if you try to steam it, you try to double up, um, and you do all these crazy tactics to try to get your money back, and you're not patient, you know, this is the long game anyway. So, you know, I know a lot of guys that get paid twice a month and then they, you know, they go ballistic and, and then they got to wait till they get paid again. And I understand that. I understand. I used to be that way. But you pull back, you drop your bet, you rededicate yourself to learning, to, to seeing things properly, and then you come back and, and you come back better each time. How you handle the losses determines how quickly you're able to turn things around when you're losing and how you handle losses determines how many winners you're going to find going forward. So it's all about handling the loss. And if you're not very good at handling losses, if you, you know, lose your mind, uh, you know, there, there are repercussions for that. There are consequences for losing discipline often frequently or trying to mask uh, the pain from a loss, because if you do that, you're, you're going to make the same mistakes on, on different games. These games all run the same. You're going to make the same mistakes and say, and you're going to be mad at yourself. I should have saw that. I should have saw that, you know, and uh, I've been through it. I go, I go through it still. I'm like, no, oh, I should have saw that. Even though I got my system in place, you know, you, a game goes down for you. You're like, man, I should have saw that. I should have looked closer at that. I didn't look long enough at that game. I didn't pay enough close enough attention. My numbers were off, whatever it was. And, you know, when you lose and you're able to accept the blame and embrace it, that will allow you to become better faster. And that's how you're going to survive in the long run with that kind of discipline, that kind of dedication and that kind of mental fortitude uh, that will hang that will hold you in place even when bad stretches come. So going back to the uh, we were talking about before, tell me about um, what what's involved in finding a winner for you, Scott, on, on a day. Let's say you're looking for your best play, what's involved in finding the best play of the day for you? Well, I, you know, I have my spreadsheets, you know, I turn on my computers and after, you know, after every score in college basketball, I put those scores in and then I have numbers and statistics in those games that I put into, you know, each team has a page. There's 353 teams in division one. I have 353 pages for each of those teams, current and five years past. So I have data that, you know, I put on this spreadsheet. So I have it set up to where after all those numbers are put in and everything, and I, you know, I come up with spreads, my spreadsheets will highlight and it'll give me, you know, probably the best, you know, five to 10 games that are going on that day. And then what I do is I really get into those games and I start, you know, looking, I, you know, the, it's, it's highlighted in certain areas. So I'm looking for certain things, you know, this team's on the road, this team's at home, this team shoots this from the free throw line. If it's going to be a close game, I'm looking at free throw percentages. You know, if it's two defensive teams, you know, I'm looking at, you know, tempo. I'm looking at, there's so many things that go into, it's not just one thing. It's, it, you know, every game is is different and every game has statistics that mean something to that game. So 
that's what happens to me. I'll, you know, I kind of breeze over a lot of the games. Um, me too. If they're not, if they're not highlighted, but you know, like on a Saturday, I can't handicap 120 basketball games. There's no way. So I'm going to dial into like, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 games and I'm really going to concentrate on those games and really 10 games where I'm, you know, that's going to be the meat of what I do. And that's how I'm going to make my money for that day. And there, you know, I'll see scores from other games and I'll look at that and then I'll go back and look at my, you know, my spreadsheets and stuff and go, Oh yeah, I would have seen that. But you know, I don't, I don't look at it. I don't get that in depth with every game. So I start, you know, I've, I break it down to about 10, you know, five to 10 games every day. And I'm just really looking at those games. And then, you know, I'm trying to decide, okay, what kind of game is this going to be? You know, how, what kind of scoring, what kind of tempo, what kind of pace, you know, who are the coaches? Are there any injuries? Then I start looking at the line, you know, what, what's the line doing? Where's the line moving? What's the over under? Where's the money coming in? You know, and I put that whole puzzle together and then I, I come up with, you know, a winner or I don't come up with a winner. And you, me and you were talking today, you know, sometimes you can come up with a score for one team, but you can't come up for a score right. with the other team. Right. Right. So, right. and if you can't come up with a score on that other, that other team, then you can't play it. You can't play it. So, you know, you, you've got to have a score. You've got to have a handicap and then, you know, you've got to trust it. And like I said, if you can, you know, hit 62 to 65%, you're doing really, really well. So, that's how I do it. I mean, and that's with every sport I handicap. I mean, that's same. You know, football's a, a once a week thing, so you got a little more time through the week to look at that. Uh, you know, football's a more brutal sport, so injuries are bigger in that. So you're watching, you know, what's going on that whole week leading up to the game. So you know, I have a different formula and a different setup for football, but this is basketball season. So you know, NBA and college basketball. You know, I look at all those games. I and I have a system that's set up that kind of points out the games that I should be looking at. It works for me. That's how I do it, and it's been successful. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just go through my process real quick. We're running short on time here. It's almost 30 minutes. I don't want to uh, waste anybody's time, take it any more time out than we have to. But I do want to say this. On a Saturday in college basketball, uh, see, on the pro sheets, uh, I'll, I'll, I have a, 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 an Excel spreadsheet for every single team in the pros. And, and, and so I go through those every day thoroughly. When it comes to college basketball, which I'm cranking up now, and I usually crank up right after the Super Bowl. Um, we're talking about there's so many games. I don't I don't do that because it would take me forever, and it's, it's just not possible. So what I do is I like to go to uh, a, a website that I like called the Spread, and I'll look in there, and I'll look at possible indicators where the money's moving, and and if I see a, an opportunity or value there, I'll jot that game down. And I'll take about 10 games just like you do because I can't look at them all. And I miss because I don't look at them all and I can't look at them all. We do miss easy winners. And that's a fact. But I like to jot down, you know, about 10 games. And I have to stop myself, actually, because I'm a, I'm a guy who just wants to just I want it all. I want to grab it all. I want the best place. So I'll jot down 10 games and I'll go in them just like you will. I'll go through my process with the numbers, the numbers for the NBA and the numbers for college basketball. Very similar. A uh, little difference, but but very, very similar. So what I do is I just run through those, and I see if I can see a score for both sides like we talked about. If I can't see a score for both sides, they lay off. If I can and I feel very confident about it, I'll make that play. And that's just where I go with that. And so that that takes time. That takes focus. That takes a lot of brain power. Look, my eyes get tired. So anybody who, who you know, and, and that's why you charge. That's why you charge clients for plays because you're doing that work because you can recognize things. You know, I'm not throwing darts at a board over here and I don't think um, any good handicapper does. Now some do, and they just like, hope I get lucky. That's not me. That's not my thing. So 
that's kind of the way I go it. And, 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 you know, when I charge for plays, you know, that's determined on how much time, effort and energy and, and resources I have to put into finding winners, which is tremendous. I do this full time, man. Um, and so, uh, my clients appreciate it. You know, you have a couple of rough, day, rough days, uh, but ultimately I always end up on the winning side on the long run. And, and that's what I bank on the process. And I go to work and make that better. Um, so that's kind of, you know, a short summary on that. Um, let's move on to what's on tap for this today. Uh, you got a couple of games you're looking at, Scott? Yeah, I mean, college basketball is pretty light on Fridays, so I don't usually have a lot of plays. I might have one or two. Uh, the two games I'm looking at tomorrow, we got Butler uh, and Marquette. Marquette's at Butler. Right now, I think uh, Butler's favored by five. The over-under in that game is 137 and a half, and you know, these are two teams going opposite ways. You know, Butler's coming off three straight losses and they were playing phenomenal basketball before that. And, you know, Marquette's won three straight and they've scored in the eighties every time. And I think this is going to be a style contrast. Who's going to be able to impose their style on the other team. And I'm looking, you know, early on, I'm looking for Butler to bounce back here. Uh, Marcus Howard from Marquette is phenomenal. He is just, you know, a, a scoring machine. So I think Butler's really going to concentrate on him, try to slow him down. And I actually look for this game to be played in the 60s. So I'm actually looking more at the total in this game than than the side. So and I'm leaning under right now, but I, you know, I, I don't have anything solid on that. And then the second game is Wisconsin at Purdue. And I'm telling you right now, Big Ten, I'm just I'm laying off. I or or I should just, you know, blindly bet the the home team to cover because that's what's happening in mm. the Big Ten right now. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's I mean, I know Minnesota beat um ohio state yesterday at ohio state you know that was a good win for minnesota but for the most I, part i almost i almost pulled the trigger on ohio state see that would have been a mystery there i didn't do it though i laid off yeah so um purdue is you know they're a four-point favorite at home uh against wisconsin and the the total in this one's 115 you know this game could be played in the in the 50s but you know purdue they're they're a different team at home offensively and wisconsin's actually been scoring this year so you know, again, I'm, I might be looking at the total in that game, but it, tomorrow might be, or I mean, today might be a complete pass run. I'm going to get ready for tomorrow um, and, you know, start today just looking at Saturday because there's so many games. So I, it might be a complete pass for me today. I might have one play, and if I do, I'll post it. But uh, for the most part, I'm probably laying off on Friday. I, I Yeah, I know you sent those two games, and, and I checked on them. I didn't see anything that, that was apparent, and I, and I had a lot going on. Um today so i didn't get a chance to check those games i will check them tomorrow though uh looking to have nba going uh i I don't have anything dialed in yet i will definitely release that when i do um so you know kind of a but but we will start looking into games maybe maybe uh take this segment this last segment before we uh be we close things up and maybe dissect a game one game and that way uh, you give me the game. We'll kind of look at it. Both uh, you give me your thoughts, kind of like we go back and forth on these subjects, and then kind of give our just give our opinion on what we're looking at for the the game that we're going to do on the podcast. I mean, we could definitely do that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I, I know some of the people out there want to hear handicapping. Some of the people want to hear you know strategies and tips on how to you know how to how to gamble, how to you know how to bet sports and. Or, or, you know, they want information from us. They want to come to us and, you know, they want us to handicap for them and, and pay right. us to do that. So, I mean, there's, you know, we, we want to try to please everybody. We're doing the best we can. You know, this is the end of our second week. So, you know, we, we're kind of in it for the long haul. I mean, it, we know it's going to be slow to start. We appreciate what everybody's doing out there to help us 
absolutely get get the podcast out you know we know it's going to be uh you know a process to get there but you know me and brian are always talking you know we, we're you know asking you guys to stick with us and you know monday you know tune in me and brian are going to talk we might come up with something you know we we want to make money and we want to make our clients money and we want to make our listeners money and, and we're going to look for fun things to do all the time to try to you know, make people money that are listening to the podcast and supporting us and look for little, you know, fun things to do here and there. So, you know, stay with us, keep sharing us. We appreciate it. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy with the first two weeks. I, hopefully we just keep getting better. Well, I'm sure we will. We will improve. Uh, it's just in our DNA and our nature to, to, to create value for everybody. Um, but we appreciate you listening today. Let's uh, get those social media one more time, Scott. Yeah, they can go to my page at Scojo AZ Sports on Twitter. They can go to the podcast page also. That is at No BS Winners. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Scojo Picks. Do you have an Instagram, Brian? I, could... I do. It, yeah, it's, it's my at my underscore bankroll. Same thing. Okay, at my underscore bankroll on on uh, Instagram for you, and then you know our YouTube page, uh, No BS Winners Podcast. Please go there, subscribe if you've already done that. If you could, you know, have people go there and subscribe, uh, we could probably you know, use the support from you guys. And then of course, if you don't have social media and you're listening to the podcast and you have a question for us, no BS winners at gmail.com, shoot us the, the question and we'll be happy to answer it for you. Right. And, and again, just, I said it at the beginning and at the end, uh, you know, enter the contest. It's free entry. All you got to do is become a follower at no BS winners and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. No BS winners podcast. Come back to the pin tweet say subscribe to both I'm in and uh, you're in automatically and your name will be added when we yep. draw a winner on February 2nd. For and myself, it's going to take, yeah, I was going to say, and it's going to take games like what happened tonight to beat us a team losing a nine point lead in two minutes. That's how they're going to beat us. They're not, we're not going to get blown out. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just bad luck on that one. You can find me at, at my underscore bankroll. Obviously my DMS are open. Uh, I get a lot every day and I appreciate those questions. They do help us, uh, shape what we're saying on here. So keep doing that. Keep sending it. Whatever questions you have, if we haven't answered on here, whatever suggestions you have, uh, go ahead and make them. You can send them uh, to the at no BS winners, Twitter uh, uh, page also. And so me, Scott, or at no BS winners, the DM, the Gmail, uh, and we appreciate your support. That'll be it for today. Episode number 10 is now closed. We'll see you on Monday.